and you're back with Encounter with God here on Faith FM. We are looking. We don't even. Ha- you know what? Mm-hmm. Miriam from South Australia mm-hmm. snapped up that quiz very, very quickly. Man, she ballparked it. And mm-hmm. I reckon I know why she was so good. Yeah, me too. Why? Well, because her name was in the clue. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah, the clue was about Moses' sister Miriam. Yes, Moses and if your name answer. is Miriam, you should know the answer to mm-hmm. that to that mm-hmm. quiz. I'm sure you've heard it all well your life. Well done. Congratulations, Miriam, from South Australia for snapping that one up. On the second clue, no less. Yeah, absolutely. Very impressive. So if we don't have any any... We can start another one if you want. Nah, let's just do Bible study, eh? Okay. This okay. is an awesome Bible study. It is. Yes. How would you like to read for us? It's all about our high priest. Uh How would you like to read for us Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 to 15? Hebrews chapter 9. Yeah, a bit of a passage here. You have to make this a really interesting Bible study for me, Lyle, because during the news break, I was standing against the window just enjoying that wonderful warm sunshine on my back. Newcastle is having an amazing Mm. morning this morning with just the most incredible weather you've ever seen. It was beautiful coming in. I had a blood red sunrise again, which was just amazing. It It wasn't quite as good as yesterday, but it was still spectacular. Yeah. It's a beautiful Thursday morning. Yeah. Okay. So, Hebrews chapter 9. Yes. And verses... We shall start in verse 11. Let's just work out. Maybe we'll work our way through one verse at a time. How about that? Sure. Comment on it it as we go. So, Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. Okay, so this is critical for... Christians to understand is the high priestly ministry of Jesus Christ. Mm. And that Jesus is minister. The Bible says he has entered into that temple in heaven, not made by human hands. And so, you know, uh, Satan has tried to distract humans with the temple that is on earth. Our focus needs to be on the one where Jesus is, Mm -hmm. the one that's in heaven, Mm -hmm. because that's where the action is taking place, particularly in relationship to our salvation. Okay, verse 12. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. What kind of translation are you reading? I'm reading the NLT. Mm-hmm. But do you want me to be reading? <laughs> okay. So, the uh, um, yours says there that he entered into the most holy place. Mm-hmm. It's not actually what the Bible says. Did you know that? Oh, it isn't? No. That's a uh, an interpretation. And the interpretation is based on the fact that the most holy place, um, you know, where, wherever God the Father is must be the most holy place. Therefore, Jesus uh, must have gone into the most holy place. And that's, a, that's an assumption. I would say that wherever Jesus is, Jesus is, 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 is most holy place. And mm-hmm. Jesus can be wherever he wants, whether it's holy place, most holy place, down here on this earth, or wherever he wants to go. Why limit him to a particular area? Um, of course, the, uh, the, 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 the Greek word here for that they have translated most holy place there, um, which is translated holy place in my translation. So which translation is correct? Well, guess what? What? Neither of them are correct. Okay. <laughs> okay. So mine's KJV, yours is NLT. The, 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 sorry, we're in the book of Hebrews, so it's not the Hebrew word. It's the Greek word in the book of Hebrews is simply the word for sanctuary. 
Okay. Is not specifying which apartment or which part of the sanctuary went into. It's just specifying that Jesus went into the sanctuary not with the blood of bulls and calves or sheep or goats or anything like that, but with his own blood. Does that mean that Jesus is in heaven bleeding? I really hope not, Lyle. (laughs) (laughs) So what does it mean then that he went in with his own blood? He paid for it himself. Yeah, Mm -hmm. with the merits of his own blood. That's with right. what he had, with what he had purchased with his own blood. All right, why don't you keep reading for us there um, in verse thirteen? Now, which version do you want me to read? Oh, uh, how many have you got? I've, I just cracked out my Bible phone, my phone Bible, my yes. app. So and you've got I like th- three hundred versions. Yeah, on your yeah like, <laughs> just like, pick a pick a version, <laughs> any version. Because <laughs> I'm picking on yours. Well, <laughs> hey, while I was picking on yours, I was also picking on mine because both of them are as bad as each other. One says the most holy place, the other says the holy place, and neither of them are right. Which version have you got there? Oh man, I have the best version ever. The KJV. The LSV. <laughs> <laughs> I know what that is. <laughs> Tell our listeners what it is. <laughs> uh, it's when Lyle reads the KJV but reads it in modern English. <laughs> the Lyle Southwell version. Because I grew up on the KJV, all right? I've used, you know, I've used the KJV all my life. I just have a thing for it. Okay, so what would you like me to read? The NLT? Oh, whatever you want. What have you got? Okay. I, I, whatever you read, I will correct you from <laughs> the correct, the correct Well, let me just keep going with the one uh, that I was reading from before because it is a, an easy-to-understand version. Yes. Uh, so verse 13, under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Okay. Mm. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Wait, keep reading. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. Okay, so here there's a contrast, isn't there? Mm -hmm. There's a contrast between the sacrifice of an animal Mm -hmm. and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's actually not the rest of the verse. Did you know that? Oh. Did I cut you off? No, I think I stopped because I thought it wasn't. (laughs) For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. So why was Christ's sacrifice more perfect than the sacrifice of a cow or a goat or a sheep? With with the sheep sacrifices and the animal sacrifices, they had to keep doing it, right? Mm -hmm. But Christ died once and for all. Mm -hmm. doesn't have to keep re-sacrificing Christ. No. We can just ask for his forgiveness. So why is his sacrifice so much more valuable? Well, because he's God, really. Yeah. Yeah, he's not a sheep. There's a big difference between Mm -hmm. a sheep and God, isn't there? Yeah. And so you've got an infinitely more valuable sacrifice that is able to cover infinitely more sin, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Mm -hmm. And, of course, all of the sacrifices of the animals that took place here on this earth were sacrifices that happened that were purely symbolic mm. of what Christ would do in heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, they, were, they, they, they just pointed forward to what Christ would do. They weren't actually the real thing. They were just symbols. Whereas Jesus' sacrifice, that was truly and indeed the real thing. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Where are we up to? Did we finish our passage? No. Uh, verse 15. Okay. That is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people so that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of sins they had committed under that first covenant. Thank you. Okay, so the word that is used here, um, you know, when it talks about having attained eternal redemption for us, 
um, also means ransom or ransoming. Oh. So if you are ransomed, what has actually taken place? Uh, someone's paid for your freedom, really. Yeah. So you like yeah. traveling to obscure parts of the world. I do. Have you ever feared that you might be held for ransom? Nope. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I have had friends who have come close to being involved in really sticky situations and, you know, they've had to get out in a hurry. So, yeah, man, I just – I would hate to think what would happen if I was kidnapped and then my kidnappers demanded ransom whether well, the Australian government would step in or my parents or I don't know. Yeah, I had a very good friend who was traveling through a, uh, a certain country that will remain unnamed. Mm-hmm. and uh, through a part of that country that was supposedly safe. Mm-hmm. And suddenly the minibus was pulled over and he was traveling with a whole minibus full of Americans. Uh-oh. Yeah, Catch Americans have a massive, <laughs> massive target painted on them. And the uh, the rebels in this particular area were very anti-American. Yeah, that's not good. And so um, they've, they've pulled the minivan over. There was about 12 of them in it. Um, and he was the only Australian. Uh, no, I think there was two Australians. And um, so they pulled his minivan over, and he and it stuck a um, an AK forty seven in the in the face of the uh, driver and demanded his passport. Mm. Well, he wasn't carrying his passport. Oh. Which you know, imagine how that went down. Mm-hmm. They were just like you know, you're trying to get over on us. This is this is a ri- ridiculous kind of you know who doesn't carry their passport you're just lying mm. and they're getting ready to just tear the whole bus apart because they're like you're trying to hide from us mm-hmm. and so my friend who was sitting behind him said oh i've got a passport <laughs> um which wasn't the smartest thing to say because immediately the gun was now in his face mm-hmm. and of course he pulled out his passport and it was an australian passport and these guys weren't anti-australian and to hear the rest of the story stay tuned for another 10 seconds you're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So my friend here is in this minivan full of Americans. He's got an AK-47 in his face. Um, he has produced his passport. It's an Australian passport. I mean, he's shaking like a leaf. He doesn't know what is going to happen at this particular <clears throat> point. You can imagine this is like in the middle of the jungle. Yeah, yeah. How, how would you feel at this particular point? Quaking in my boots. Yeah, and Australia, okay, it has a slightly less of a target on it than America, but not that much less of a target on it than uh, than Americans. Well, the uh, this uh, particular rebel leader um, looks at the passport and he goes, oh, you're Australian. And he's like, yes. Hand the passport back and said, okay, you can go. And waved them through. Wow. He just assumed that everybody in the minivan was Australian, Australian because my friend was carrying an Australian passport. The rest of them were Americans. Aye. And if they'd been caught, they would have all been executed. Are you serious? On the side of the road, just, just shot on the side of the road. Oh, that's horrific. Yeah. Wow. Praise the Lord they got through. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 he definitely saw that as, as divine Providence. intervention and told mm-hmm. that story many times. As an example of divine intervention. I can't wait till we go off air and you can tell me where it was and who it was. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, well, it will remain unnamed while on air. Okay, so the word ransom here is that, you know, we are here Mm -hmm. on this earth Mm -hmm. in captivity Mm. and we have been redeemed or ransomed. Christ with his blood paid the ransom money to buy us back. Now, if you were, you know, in uh, the Sudan or someplace like that and held for ransom, you know, some of these countries where people are held for ransom, um, or Somalia, 
um, and you know somebody raised the money and actually paid the money and you came back safely, you would be mighty thankful to those people that raised that money. Mm. Because you know these are, these are people that demand millions <coughs> of dollars. <coughs> yeah. And, and, and I think it would be safe to assume that your family doesn't have millions of dollars. Nope. And my family certainly doesn't have millions of dollars. And so if somebody actually coughed up the money to spend millions of dollars for your life, you would feel eternally in debt to that person, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. And grateful beyond imagination oh. that you had your life back. Immeasurable gratitude. Yes. And so in that kind of a situation, I think that uh, it would be, um, you know, it, well, it's, it's, compare that then with, with our relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. He did not spend millions of dollars to buy us back. Mm. He spent the most, when we talked about this yesterday, the most valuable thing in the universe that there is, is what he paid for you and I to buy us back, to ransom us back. And that is his blood. Mm. And that's what he turns up in heaven now. And he says, okay, I've shed my blood. He goes into the sanctuary in heaven, which is where mediation takes place. And he says, you can save these people because they are covered by my blood. I have paid the price for their salvation. Isn't that fantastic news? Mm, absolutely. All right. What have we got coming up next there, Mon? Let's go to <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. Verse 19 and 20. We've got a bunch of verses from Hebrews in this particular study, which is pretty awesome. Hebrews is a good book, though. Yeah. It's like a theological treatise to Jewish people. Hebrews chapter 6. Um, and verse 19 and 20. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Have you ever slept on a boat? Yes. Have you ever slept on a boat in the middle of a storm? No, praise the Lord. <laughs> I have slept on a boat in the middle of a storm in a very, very poor anchorage. A poor anchorage? A poor anchorage means that um, you're basically um, in the raw. You, you, it's just the, the raw, the, the, the storm is just blasting down on you and there is very, very little shelter. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this particular anchorage was in a river, but it was a, a, on a very long reach in a river, so a long stretch of straight river. Mm. And the storm was blowing straight down the river. And when you're in that kind of situation, it puts a tremendous amount of strain on the anchor. And we were at anchor. Mm -hmm. And a boat can drag its anchor. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so guess what I was doing every half hour? Checking the anchor? Waking waking up, looking at the porthole and trying to figure out whether we'd moved or not. (laughs) (laughs) It's the most horrible horrible sleep I've ever had because I'm thinking the the wind was howling through. I mean, it was absolutely howling. It must have been blowing like 50, 60 knots. All night long, mm-hmm. straight down this river, and it's like, yeah, okay. If we if we drag the anchor, we're just going to end up on a sandbar somewhere. But nobody wants to end up on a sandbar somewhere, particularly when you're being pushed by wind, because you'll end up being pushed up above the where the high tide will lift you off, and then it's just really embarrassing. <laughs> you've got to come and get rescued. Oh, really? Nobody wants that. Uh-huh, okay. You've got to call the port authorities and get fined for not having a correct anchor. And, you know, it's just uh, it's like... It's a bit of a pickle. It's a bit of a pickle. So you're lying there and it's like, is the anchor dragging? I wonder whether the anchor's dragging. The wind's blowing pretty hard right now. I wonder whether the anchor is dragging. And, and, and of course, 
you drift off to sleep and then you wake up and it's like, I wonder how long I've been asleep for. I wonder whether the anchor is dragged. And then, so then you, you you stick your head out of the porthole, and of course there's lights ashore here and there, mm-hmm. and you memorise where those lights are because that's how you can tell whether the anchor's dragging or not. But the boat swings backwards and forwards on the anchor, oh. and then of course the tide turns mm-hmm. and runs back up the river, mm-hmm. and so now you've got the tide running against the wind, and so that makes it swing worse. This sounds like the worst night's sleep. It was ever. the worst night's sleep ever. <laughs> it's like I don't know whether the anchor is dragging or not. It's too much All to think long. about when you're trying to sleep. That's right. <laughs> it just does not give you a good night's sleep. Okay, but the Bible here describes the gospel as being like an anchor for the soul, an mm-hmm. anchor that does not drift. Yeah, both sure and steady, fast. Yes. It sounds much more peaceful than your anchor story. <laughs> yes. So if we had been, rather than sitting at anchor, if we had been on our mooring. Mm-hmm. Okay, a mooring is something which is different from an anchor and it is never going to move. Mooring is where you tie, just tie the boat to the to the jetty, right? No, that's the, that's, that's the, that's the jetty or that's the, uh, the marina or whatever. So that's different again. A mooring is like, um, can you imagine... You know, say one of those big, massive pieces of concrete that they use as road barriers. Mm-hmm. You drop that to the bottom, and you tie an anchor, uh, an anchor chain to that. Oh wow! It's never going to move. Yeah, that's not going you, anywhere. You, you can sleep peacefully uh-huh. when you are on the mooring, uh-huh. but you can't sleep as pe- peacefully on an anchor in the middle of a storm. <laughs> and uh, and so the gospel the Bible describes here as being like a mooring, huh. a mooring that is embedded deep within. The sanctuary where Christ is ministering for us. This is where assurance is found. So this is where we need to bury our hope. This is exactly where we need to bury our hope. Not bury our hope as in get rid of it, but anchor our hope. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Deep within the sanctuary. Because if your hope is anchored deep within the sanctuary, you will always have assurance of salvation. And you can sleep peacefully at night knowing that if something goes wrong, your salvation is still assured. Isn't that fantastic? Absolutely. I, I like the imagery here. And, of course, Paul is using this imagery because, you know, he spent a few anxious nights um, hanging off um, anchors at various times and being shipwrecked. I think Paul said he was shipwrecked three times. Oh, he was? Yeah. But if you read the one account that we have of his shipwreck, which was the most dramatic of them all, um, they were washed up on Malta. Mm-hmm. And when they heard the breakers... Uh, because they didn't know where they were, they'd lost they'd lost all navigational ability for at least two weeks, as they were being um, uh, blasted across the Mediterranean, and they heard breakers, and so they let out the anchors because they knew that they were going to land on a, uh, you know, they were going to run ashore, and so they let out the anchors, and the anchors were holding somewhat through the night. But you can imagine what that night would be like. You know, the breakers are right there. Um, you're just riding on an anchor cable. And uh, you know you've got to, you've got to, you've got to, every every hour or so you've got to let more rope out mm-hmm. because it chafes. Okay. And as it chafes, uh. it starts to wear through. You got a little bit more out and a little bit more, you know. And they're doing all these kind of procedures. And then in the morning when they woke up, they saw, saw that there was a, a narrow spot where they could drift ashore into a river mouth. And so they uh, cut the anchor cables and let her drift. Wow. Came in ashore and they were all survived. But Paul is somebody who knows the stress mm-hmm. of being on a windward shore, hanging off an anchor and hoping that that anchor will hold through the night because if it doesn't, you are likely going to die and drown and be smashed in the middle of the night. And he describes here uh, the gospel message 
of the salvation of Jesus as an anchor that is embedded deep within the sanctuary in heaven, in a place where it's never going to move. It's never going to let go. We're going to have a quick song break and then we're going to come back and find out why our hope should be in the sanctuary and what Jesus is doing in there. But for now, this is Anna Laura, Abide in Me, beautiful song with wonderful lyrics. Take a listen.
Welcome back, everybody. That was Anna Laura, Abide With Me, here on Faith FM. We're in the middle of our Encounter With God section. We do not have any quiz clues for you this morning because it's already been snapped up. Miriam from South Australia, congratulations again. Well yes. done getting our clue right. The answer being Moses, of course, on the second clue she got that. Yeah, fantastic. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 24. While we're in the book of Hebrews, why don't we stay here and let's keep reading. I want to see whether, actually read for us verse 24 and 25. I want to see whether your translation gets this one right or not. Hebrews 9, 24 and 25 says, For Christ did not enter into a holy place made with human hands, which was only a copy of the true one in heaven. He entered into heaven itself to appear now before God on our behalf. And he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again, like the high priest here on earth who enters the most holy place year after year with the blood of an animal. Okay. Your translation messed up twice. <sighs> go on, read us the LV, LSV. <laughs> Mine only messed up once on this one. Okay, so what? watch this in verse 24. For Christ did not enter into the holy places. Notice yours says holy place. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the holy place was the first apartment of the sanctuary. It was a two-room sanctuary, and the first part was called the holy place. But both of them together were called the holy places because there was the holy place and there was the most holy place. So that makes two places, both of which are holy. So that's holy places. And when the Bible speaks about the (laughs) holy places, it's speaking about the sanctuary as a whole. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, So yours gave the singular there, which means just the first part. Whereas mine gave the plural, which includes both parts. So mine's better than yours. Uh Whatever. (laughs) Okay, verse 25. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with the blood of others. And this is where mine gets it wrong. Okay. Because it should read holy places in this one as well. That's Mm -hmm. what the original Greek in the book of Hebrews says. Holy places. Okay. Rather than Holy and it, mine, yours actually makes more sense than mine on this one, because the yearly service in the yearly service when 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 um, the high priest went into the into uh, the sanctuary with the blood, um, he went into the most holy place, not the holy place. So yours has identified that this must be talking about the most holy place and written most holy place, but the Bible actually just simply says the sanctuary. Okay, but what was Jesus doing in? In any of the parts of the sanctuary, the holy place, the more holy place, places? That's a really good question. Mm. Okay, so let's think about then for a moment what happened when Jesus, because this is a reference here in verse 25 to Jesus going into the most holy place mm-hmm. because it's happening yearly. Uh, the daily service went into the holy place. The yearly service went into the most holy place. And this is a reference to the yearly service. What's the yearly service? Okay, so in the yearly service, what you had, and we're going to talk about this in more detail tomorrow, but you had the blood of a goat that was sacrificed and it was sprinkled on the mercy seat. Mm-hmm. You know what the mercy seat is? It's a seat of mercy. You know what it was made out of? Mercy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you have the Ark of the Covenant, mm-hmm. which is not a boat. Nope. What was the Ark of the Covenant? It was like the rectangular cubey thing with the cherubim and you can carry it around and it was supposed to yeah. be the presence of God. It was a box. Yeah, yeah, a box. And the presence of God was between the cherubim. It was called the Shekinah glory. Mm-hmm. So this was the visible presence of the Father. 
Mm-hmm. And what did the Ark of the Covenant have inside of it? The Ten Commandments? The Ten Commandments, yeah. that's right. So the Ten Commandments are inside the Ark of the Covenant. And what do the Ten Commandments say to you and I? Well, they tell us about God's character. Okay, they tell us about God's character. Mm-hmm. What do they tell us about our character? How completely rotten we are. Okay, and the wages of breaking those Ten Commandments is what? Death. Okay, so the Ten Commandments are there in the box called the Ark of the Covenant, and they are saying you must die, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's what they say. So above that, you have the Shekinah glory of the Father, and so he can look down at the Ten Commandments and he's going to see written there all of the reasons why you should die and why I should die. Follow mm-hmm. so far? Mm-hmm. And then the high priest would come and sprinkle blood on the mercy seat. Now, the mercy seat was the lid of that box. Mm-hmm. So now when the Father looks down to see the Ten Commandments, that is stating that you should die, and he looks down, rather than seeing the Ten Commandments stating that you should die, instead of that, he sees the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, that's a great imagery that we've got right there because uh, when he sees the blood of Jesus Christ, that blood then covers over or blots out the Ten Commandments saying that you need to die. Mm-hmm. Sound like good news? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so he looks down and rather than seeing, ah, oh, the wages of sin is death, he sees the blood of Jesus Christ. So he's interceding for us. That's right. Comes between intercession. That's what intercession is all about. And some people think that God is this kind of God who sits up there and is like, you know what, I'm hoping that when I look down there, there won't be any blood. Do you think God is like that? Mm-mm. No way. There's no way in a million years is God like that. God is not even remotely like that. God is looking down like, oh, I hope I see some blood. I really want to see these people covered by the blood of Jesus. It, you know, having paid for us, he, he wants to, to have as many of us come to him and, and so he can be our interceder for us. Absolutely. It's like his, his favorite thing to do. Did the father pay for us as well as the son? Yeah. What did the father pay? Well, he lost his son. Who paid more? That's a good question. I'll tell you. I'll tell you from the perspective of a parent. Mm-hmm. The cost to the father was greater than the cost to the son. Okay. And I'll give you an, I'll give you an illustration. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the parents out there listening will be able to relate to this. Let's say that you as a parent were standing on the side of the road somewhere and a gang turned up and they were going to beat your son to death. What would be harder, to stand there and watch it happen or to step in and say, beat me to death instead and let your son go free? I'll guarantee any parent out there would find it easier to step in and would not even blink to step in and say, no, beat me up instead. Mm. And so we often think that you know the father paid a... Greater, sorry, the son paid the greater sacrifice. I say no, the father paid a greater sacrifice. That's how much he loves us. It would have been, you know, something that was truly, truly um, just horrific and very, very challenging um, to 
for the uh, for the father to to deal with in this situation, and so that's why when I say when when I see this illustration, the father looks down, longing to see the blood. He wants to see that blood more than anything else, covering the uh, the condemnation of sin that you find in the Ten Commandments. Okay, so let's go to um, let's go back to the passage that we're reading here in Hebrews chapter nine and verse twenty-four. Uh, it says, "For Christ did not enter into the holy places." That's correct. The sanctuary made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. And of course, the great part of that phrase is there is the phrase "for us." The Bible tells us that we have somebody who is interceding for us. He is on our side. He wants to see us saved. He wants to do anything he can to see us get into heaven. And that's what Jesus gave his life for. We're going to have uh, we're going to move on with a song break. We're going to listen to Sam Cox with Lord I need you and certainly we need Jesus. I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you, oh, I need
Kids program and then the main service at 10.45 a.m. For more information, Google Seventh-day Adventist Church, Townsville City. Welcome back, everybody. It's question of the day time, and don't forget, if you would like to send in your question of the day, give us a call, 1-800-324-843, or text us on 0491-064-669, or shoot us a message on Facebook, and we will put your question in for question of the day. We could even do it as a major feature section. One time we had a question of the day, which was a rather big question, Mm. and so we did it for our encounter with God as a feature question for the day. However, um, if you'd like to send yours in, do so. Um, Of course, don't forget that if you are listening to the delayed broadcast, so today it's Thursday, just in case you are wondering, Mm -hmm. and if you are listening to this particular broadcast and going, wait a minute, it's actually not Thursday, then that's because you're listening to the delayed broadcast. You can listen to us live, and the live show is so much more fun, faithfm.com.au or the TuneIn app that you can put on your uh, radio uh, on your mobile device, I should say, and uh, use it as a radio. And that's a free app, of course, and that way you can be part of the live show. And which is so much better because you can you can win the prizes, you can get the free giveaway, you, you can, can call up and give us a hard time, tell us what you're grateful for. It's great. Yeah, give tell, tell Mon uh, all her hard questions. <laughs> and of course, if you'd like to make a donation, um, Faith FM is uh, we're endeavouring to expand our network. We're hoping to. Uh, to buy a number of new licenses and uh, make the good news of the gospel more widely available, then Mm. give us a call and we can make that arrangement for you as well. Always much appreciated every contribution that is made. Okay, so our question of the day is, why are there so many translations of the Bible? Hey, yes. Yes. Very good question. And why does Lyle like reading the old school one? Well, I just think the old school one is pretty awesome. But anyway, okay, so there are many translations of the Bible, um, and some of them are better than others. There's, to say that they're like all just as, yeah, Okay, so the, let me divide them up into a number of categories. First of all, you have a paraphrase. A paraphrase is really a devotional book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's someone's opinion of what the Bible says, mm-hmm. or sometimes a number of people's opinions of what the Bible says. Yeah, And so we need to remember, if you're going to study doctrinal truth, you don't use a paraphrase. Um, and so you're talking about, you know, clear word. Um, what are some of the other paraphrases out there? I don't know. There's, there's sort of I think right we should, the message. The I think, message. I think we should also just establish that when we say translations, we don't mean like, you know, Chinese, German. No, we're talking about English translations. English translations. Different yeah. ways of saying the same thing in English. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think uh, so. Paraphrases is a great devotional book. Don't use it for deep Bible study; um, you won't have much success there. Uh, for deep Bible study, you might need to find a translation that is more of a literal translation. So a paraphrase is a thought translation where somebody sits down and says, "Well, I think that they were saying this," and then writes that down. A more literal translation, such as your King James family of translations, is one where they will endeavour to translate each word as closely as possible, word for word. Mm. And the great thing that I love about my old KJV is when they add words, because you can't translate without adding words. When they add words, they put them in italics so you can see what's been added in. Now, is there such a thing as a perfect translation? Of course not. All translations have their faults and mistakes, um, but you want to find one that has as few as possible, 
um, and also find one that comes with a good pedigree that's translated from a good manuscript. Um, that is a very, very important uh, thing to look into, which is once again why I like the King James family of translations because of the uh, manuscripts that they're translated from. But anyway, there's a few hints in finding a good translation for you to study the Bible with for yourself. We're going to move on with Selah, Be Thou My Vision. Listening to Sila, be thou my vision here on Faith FM. You all right, Mon? I can't wait for this show to be over. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? I think I've taken um, a vitamin a little too early in the day, and I don't have enough in my stomach, and it's making me dry heave in between. 
<laughs> song breaks while I was having such an entertaining time oh my watching me dry heave into a box. <laughs> no, I feel very, very sad for you this morning. Everybody send up a quick prayer for Mon this morning. She might she might be needing it, but... Um, <laughs> Nothing's does. coming out, dear listener. Don't it's worry. It's been an interesting show this morning. It's been an interesting show. Okay, so um, are you fit and well enough to give something away? I don't think I'd ever be not fit enough and well enough to want to give something away. I okay, love what giving have we got stuff this away. Morning? A story that goes all right, all right along with our rhinoceros story. It does. We were, we were talking about rhinoceros in we the Philippine were. Islands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm giving away a book today. It's called Noah. Another Storm is Coming. It's written by E.G. White. And I'm like, fantastic book right here. Um, I have read this one a number of times. And uh, yes, absolutely. Um this is a great one, and this one, you don't even have to answer a quiz or anything like that. All you've got to do is just give us a call. Be the first caller through on 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669, and this is yours for free. Uh, Noah, Another Storm is Coming. It's a great book, uh, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Just be the first person to call through. Um <clears throat> It's a stunning in-depth exploration of the real story of Noah. And, um, yeah, it's a great book. I particularly love it. And, um, once again, kind of want to keep one to myself. Oh, and I should, I should note... I should note that I've put the links up on the Facebook page for Eddie Ramirez. Oh, yes, Dr. Eddie. And uh, I just had a quick check and I noticed there's a bunch of people going on and having a look already. Mm-hmm. Um, he has some unbelievably fascinating research in relationship to Alzheimer's disease. Um, depression. Neuroplasticity, mm-hmm. depression. Um, dealing with healing your brain from drug abuse. Uh, what are the other ones we talked about? Oh, changing your genes. Yes, yep. He's yeah, a very talented. Think, okay, I'm, I'm just. There's, I have this genetic. There's like nothing I can do about it. No, mm-hmm. there's a lot you can do about it. He's a gifted doctor. Travels <laughs> the world, um, spreading you know good health news. And uh, he will be joining us in the studio in a couple of months' time when he um, makes it all the way to Australia. So he's currently speaking in New Zealand. But yeah, it was great having him on board today. And uh, stick around because we're going to have some more great programming after this. And tomorrow, <clears throat> we'll be back after the 7 o'clock news with more of our breakfast show. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I'll be feeling better. And uh, if you are listening to yes, the late broadcast... Take your vitamins on a full, on a full, <laughs> on a full stomach tomorrow, not on an empty stomach. If you are listening to our delayed broadcast, if today is not Thursday, you can jump across to our live show uh, via the TuneIn app or via the faithfm.com.au website. Just press play on the live stream. We love you guys. Uh, Stay with us. We've got some great songs coming up and we always enjoy your company.
Pleasures and